0: Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen.
1: Hello builders, welcome to the Build Your Success Podcast. This is a podcast where we build you so you can build others. We're hoping that you're building a business, building a career, building a team, whatever you're working on. We want to help that through some special guest and training that we offer here at Build Consulting. So we've got a special guest today. We have Akash Patel. Akash is an entrepreneur he and he founded Elevate Inc. Elevate Inc. is a strategic business consulting firm providing public relations, community relations, targeting networking and social media. He's a Florida State University graduate. He's a master networker, and that's what we're going to talk about today. His, his networking skills are pretty profound. So let's just dive right into that, Patel. Welcome to the podcast today. How are you doing?
2: Good, Brian. Thanks for having me.
1: Man, it's uh, it's awesome to have you on the podcast. I see the the serial networking that you do and just this entrepreneurial spirit. One question I have for you we're asking all guests these days is what does leadership and being a leader mean to Akash Patel?
2: Well, great question. I think uh, being a leader is, you know, motivating others to uh, motivate others to be the best in themselves. I think what things leaders do is they bring out uh, a lot of ideas and then let kind of the team members kind of, you know, kind of run with it. And that's, uh, you know, that's, in my opinion, you know, they call it delegating, some people call it delegating, but it's just it's just getting people to, uh, work together rather than apart. And I, I think that's what great leaders have done.
1: I think that's a great way to do things is, is brainstorm together and then allow them the freedom and the uh, liberty to go be successful and do what needs to be done to to use their talents and, and their expertise and their unique strengths to, to make things happen. So that, I like that. I like that definition. You know, your tagline of your business is results based on relationships. I love that relationships are so important to making things happen to becoming successful. So tell us a little bit about how you, how you have these results because of
2: relationships. Well, I think people do business with people they know, like, and trust. We've heard that before. And in my, my business, we work with generally companies that are new to the area. So think about if you just moved to a new city and don't know a lot of people that happened to me personally when I moved here for high school. I didn't know anyone else. So I was sitting at the lunch table myself. You have you have to have someone kind of walk you around and introduce you. To people or, or It takes time to build build friendships, and so if you take person that into business, you know when you move to a new city and you're trying to get leads, trying to close deals, you have to build relationships with people. Have coffees, have lunches, get to see them more than one time. I always use a statistic that it used to take me 13 times for me to run into someone for me to know I want to do business with them, but now with social media and emails and and and, uh, Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, it takes me about six times for me to meet them to know I want to do business with them. So if you meet someone and they open up five or six doors for you, and then you go and kind of take those doors to a a deeper, genuine conversation, um, I think that people will then do business with you. Or if they can't do business with you directly, they'll refer you to someone that can. And so what we're doing is we're taking people that don't know a lot of people, introducing them to the community, and then through our relationships, they get results through networking.
1: Wow. I love that idea. And tell us, you know, I love this illustration you use about these doors opening, these six doors of communication. Give us some examples of how you encourage those doors to be open in the conversation.
2: Yeah. Great question. So once I meet somebody, the next thing you do, you got to follow up with an email, right? I'll like their company Facebook page. I'll like their company LinkedIn page. I'll connect with them on LinkedIn and I'll follow their company Twitter page. Sometimes I'll follow their personal Twitter page and I'll, and if they're appropriate, if it's appropriate where they're okay with taking a photo, I'll even uh, uh, you know, take a picture and put it on social media saying, had a great coffee with Brian today. Uh, you definitely should get to know him and give him a shout-out. And the thing is, those are the little things, Brian. It doesn't cost you any extra money to give someone a shout-out on social media. Um, but little things that make a difference, or that make someone feel special, and that is what I'm trying to do, or, or at least try to share with companies that are moving here, is that Tampa Bay Area, and you know from being here so long, it, it's a welcoming community.
1: Yeah, without a doubt, this whole Central Florida area, I-4 corridor, just good people, great businesses, long-term, you know, decades-old companies, and then new startups that are that are doing well and then being encouraged through growth through companies like your own. So it's just exciting to be a part of this. You know, you're a hard-working millennial. I didn't read all of your resume, but, man, you've made some great progress in the community. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing for the community and, and, and the opportunities that creates from a network perspective?
2: Yeah, I would say first thing is if you're not involved in a not-for-profit organization, get involved. Um, for me, I just, you know, I like politics, so I applied for a, a state appointment with governor, and I applied in 2014. Uh, sorry, I applied in 2013. I was appointed in 2014. So the governor is appointing me to chair the Early Learning Coalition of Hillsborough County. And by the way, this is the former governor, now Senator Rick Scott. And then I decided to run for office myself because I really enjoyed the public service aspect of it. Lost, and then three days after I lost, Governor Scott reappointed me to chair the Early Learning Coalition. So, the first organization that I support the last six years is the Early Learning Coalition of Hillsborough County. We are the overseer of what you call volunteer pre kindergarten or school readiness for Hillsborough County. So, think about childcare and daycare.
1: Yeah, so what, what does that do for the local community, these, these early learners? How is that helping the community?
2: So we so the board itself. Great question. Has 20, uh, 22 leaders on the board. Some are public uh, organization uh, representatives. Some are private sector folks. And then we administer about one hundred and ten million dollars of 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 school readiness money and, and VPK money to make sure that the child care centers in our community are taken care of and they're they're, they're correctly uh, they're correctly up to standards as far as the curriculum and we're teaching the providers and we're making sure that all the 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 folks in Hillsborough County have quality access to education. It's so important, especially now when you think about the pandemic, Ryan, of how many people had to, you know, change their lifestyle around. And but thank God for childcare because their children can go to to somewhere and, and get a good education, and they can do what they got to do at home now during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, and I think a jumpstart on education is a jumpstart in life. So I think it's just really important that as soon as kids and and young people are ready to learn. We get them in a learning environment somewhere they can engage in. You know, that brings up a great point, though, about this COVID pandemic that we're all facing. And, and in your application, you talked about how you've helped people learn. And, you know, we used to get out and shake hands and pass business cards and go to networking events. And we can't do that as much anymore. So, so how are you and then how are you encouraging your customers to network in this virtual world?
2: You know, every time someone's on a plane and they're traveling or they're on vacation or they're just relaxing, they always say, hey, I wonder how so-and-so is doing. I wonder what they're up to. And Yeah, you can go on Facebook and you go on LinkedIn. And you can actually physically see what their latest posts were. But during the pandemic, you don't have a plane and you don't have vacation. You're at home working and you're at home with some extra time that you didn't know you had. And so use that time. At least I've used that time and telling customers to use that time. And just set a goal for yourself and just reach out to 10 people, whether they're your clients or friends or people you just want to know and say, Hey, I'm Kosh Patel. And I'm just reaching out to you to see, are you doing okay? Let me know if you want to chat, have a zoom, you know, happy to have a zoom coffee with you. Who's going to say no, right? I mean, logistically thinking they don't got to drive anywhere. They don't really got to dress up much, you know, and they got the time on their hands, at least when the pandemic started. So we set a goal, Brian, of 10 new people per week on LinkedIn. Just connect with ten. It doesn't mean you hit the connect button ten times. It means you go to your connections and send a message and say, "Hey, just connecting to my my group this week. Are you okay? Can we do a Zoom call?" And what I got is responses back from mostly everybody that said, "Hey, you know what? I'm happy to chat." And when we chat with them, we talk about what shows are you watching? What, you know, what's keeping you through this pandemic? What's motivating you? What are you seeing in the in the world of uh, healthcare? You know. So random questions that are not business and salesy. And what we found was now, as you can imagine, the pandemic is, is getting you know, better and people are going to in person and they're testing regularly. And now they're saying, hey, by the way, I never talked business with you. Can we chat again? And so they're calling you back. And it's almost like, wow, I didn't mean it like that. But, but so often people say, I wish I would reached out. And the pandemic gave you the time and an excuse to reach out because everyone was going through it no matter where you were in the world everyone was impacted. And it's very rare to have happen.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that like you talked about having missed opportunities when you think of someone and call them, you know, I I go through my contacts sometimes randomly and say, you know, I did not talk to that person in a while. Let me just call them. And what that turns into from time to time is, is an opportunity. And it's like, if I had not called them, that opportunity probably would have went to someone else, but, but they saw me, they heard me and they, and they gave me that opportunity. So I think that's great. Another thing you alluded to that I think is a great a point for our listeners here at the Build Your Success podcast is go out on social media and like other people's things. You know, it, all of us, you know, we we like to see those likes and those comments in our in our posts and feeds. And so, if you do that for someone else, they're going to like it, of course. So it's it it helps them. Rexy, people are seeing my content. People are liking it. And it's engaging. It's, inv- it's, it's what it's designed to be. So I appreciate that note. And then thinking about just going through your contacts and, and not necessarily making new connections, but, but bringing value to the connections you already have. Speak into that. For, I love that suggestion. So I want you to speak into that for a moment.
2: Yeah, meaning, you know, you know, what I say is, you know, what can I do to assist you? Or what's your biggest challenge right now in your business? And they'll throw out things that either I've had happen to me and I can share my experience there. Or someone has given me advice that's gone through it or someone I know is going through that and I'll connect. Hey, look, I've never really had an employee that's working remotely in another state because my business is local. But I know a guy who's had issues on hiring someone out of state. I'll connect you guys. And then the other thing is, is just saying, you know, what's your challenge? And sometimes it's retention. Sometimes it's um, a comp pay and how do you pay structure or benefits? Hey, look, I, I've i had this happen in my situation, I can tell you, or I know someone that's really good at benefits and I can introduce you. And so I think those two questions, you know, what's your biggest challenge and how can I assist you? A lot of people are just too one-tied in, in their meetings. And what I what I hear the statistic, to be honest with you, is 50% of people don't even ask that question. They don't even ask how they can help them. they just go in for themselves. And I'm thinking out loud, like, Man, that's very one-sided. I would not have fun in that kind of meeting, and nor should anyone, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, that is so important. And, and, you know, typically when people ask these questions that are kind of like filter questions as a salesperson, you know, I'm asking because I want something. And, and as soon as they realize this is not an opportunity for them, they're moving on. Akesh is saying, help them. You, you know someone, you, you connect with someone else that can help them pass that information along but you also have to be creative enough to create those connections to to have them at your ready when when it's time to help someone so great advice there man give us some examples of where that's worked for a kesh
0: we hope you're enjoying today's podcast this podcast is sponsored by build consulting services are you ready to reduce workplace conflict reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode.
2: Yeah, no, it's worked for uh, for me, uh, I think, just in organizations. You know, specifically, I'll. You know, some organization will say to me, "Hey, we're looking," and I and I can use an example. I mean, there's a local hospital board that says, "Hey, we're looking for a new donor for our MRI center." And then one of my clients is saying, "Hey, you know, what I want to give back to a local healthcare organization because they're really suffering during the pandemic." So I introduced that local healthcare organization to my customer who donated $10,000 for the MRI center. Just coincidence. Now I didn't introduce them for that purpose, but I said, "Look, here's an organization, and here's the person that's managing the donations." And here's this person that can maybe make one. And of course, they hit it off and then business transacted. And at the end of the day, right, that's what not for profits and especially hospitals are looking for. It's community people that want to give back. So when I got approached, someone and said, hey, do you know anyone I should give back to? I know a lot of people that I should give back to. But then I just coincidence. Someone asked me, hey, do you know anyone? I'm like, yeah, well, since you asked me, and I know them. I'll just connect you guys see what happens. And, and you don't know. You honestly don't know. And I'm not in that meeting. And I'm, you know, the next thing I know, I got to. Write a press release about a $10,000 donation, but you know, you feel good because when you put people together, they remember the, the, the person that puts you together, the conduit, right? And so that's really what elevates about the Learn, Connect, and Grow model of just putting people together and connect.
1: Yeah, and, and the, the first person they're going to think of when they need your services is connecting you because you help them. So every time we help someone, we're helping ourselves. And it's just, we have to recognize that in life and realize. It's not all about the transaction that I'm looking for today, but it's genuinely wanting to help others and putting them in contact with people that can help them. And then down the road, they're going to say, you know what, Brian or Akesh helped me in this situation. I'm going to help them. I know what their specialty is. And I'm going to, and I'm going to recommend them for this. So just great how that reciprocation starts happening and, and everybody it's a win-win all the way around. So you got here, you're the millennial master networker. So uh, it's pretty cool. I know a lot of people bash millennials. I like to tell people that I think millennials are going to have the answers to a lot of our problems because they think outside the box. So tell us how you've done that and and where that, that skill has come in as far as, you know, and putting generations together, different people from different perspectives.
2: Well, here's the thing, you know, millennials do get a bad rap, right? You know this, and especially during the pandemic, I remember... There was a mayor here in the region that said, hey, you know, millennials are reasons COVID-19 spreading when really that wasn't true. So I wrote an op-ed and it ran in the Tampa Times. that said, this is a defining moment for our millennial generation, you know, because if you think about it, the youngest millennial right now is about 23, 24, right? The oldest is about my age, like 36, 37, 38, maybe, right? So we've lived through not only one crisis with what we're going through now. But also, when I graduated college in 06, I started working in the, in the community. And then I got laid off in, in, in the workforce because we had an 08 recession. So we lived through the 08 recession, theoretically, and whatever's going on now, whatever you call this pandemic in the 2020 year, right? And majority of millennials, because of the way the professions and industries have come over through, have become first responders. They become healthcare workers, right? They become public service. We have a lot of elected officials in the Florida legislature that are, that are millennials, right? So think about this. Now we're actually getting elected. So we are now not only the position of people that they want to make fun of our generation, but we're the leaders that are taking leadership in the generation because we were put in a position where they said, if you're not going to leave, then who's going to. So I, I think for, for what I say to millennial, and look, I'm a millennial business owner and I hire a lot of millennials and I give them opportunities and I give them, you know, leeway and, and promotions and benefits and virtual, uh, virtual uh, workplaces and unlimited PTO and all that stuff. And a lot of companies do that now because they realize that if you give the millennial an opportunity, they will be loyal and they will not forget the thing with the, the generation here with this pandemic is you see creativity? You see jobs that have been created because of technology opportunities, Right. We are talking on a Zoom platform or a Microsoft Teams platform or a Cisco WebEx platform. Millennials were the first generation that had the opportunity to work virtually. You know, when our parents were working, they, didn't, they had to work in an office in a normal business that was nine to five, wearing a suit and tie or wearing the outfits. We know what virtual work life is because we started it. We were the first generation got to do it. So I think from the, from the realistic perspective of me during this pandemic, this was a defining moment for our generation. And we've overachieved it if you think about all the good news that's come out, between donating to local schools to throwing throwing parties for people through their driveways and walking right around the neighborhoods, doing um, wearing masks and, and selling masks and PPE or donating like we donated meals to, to hospitals and to fire stations. I mean, that's all millennial led driven through. Social media, I mean, think about social media. We were there when Facebook was started, right? We were there when Twitter was started, so I guess my bragging, if you will, since you gave me the opportunity, is you know, don't mess with millennials work with them
1: I love that thought, and you're and you're talking to a guy that when he first started his podcast, he only did uh recorded conference calls because he didn't know how to do video and technology and and what we've moved into is is because of the pandemic. Almost everybody knows how to use Zoom and Teams. And and it, it just expanded some of our learning curves because of, out of necessity, you know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. And so, but man, if we did just listen to some of these millennials and learn from them sooner, we could have been better prepared for this, this uh, crisis that we're in.
2: And if you think about media, because you said, you know, like podcasts, right? I mean, think about the television stations and the newspapers. All the newspapers are online and we know, but we remember as millennials what it meant. To read a newspaper, a physical newspaper, right? I mean, that like we used to do that. And so, I, you know, from our vantage point, there's a lot of news in this world. There's a lot of negativity on the news in the real world, right? But I think creativity um, is is in our, is in our generation. And not to say that Gen Zs are the generation behind us, or even the Boomers that are ahead of us, they don't have that either. I think it's about collaboration and just just realizing that we can win this together.
1: Yeah, I often say that all generations have great people in them. You know, there was that greatest generation that that fought the wars for us and man, they 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 held their they held their own, man. They did really good for us. But every generation has good people, every generation has lazy people. Let's just be honest. And and so when you pointed the finger at these young people playing on video games and doing these things and then realize we're moving into where that skill set is important and and the ones that are still playing video games are probably not doing well but the ones that have taken that talent and learned to grow it and use it for other things technology wise it is, is going to be exponential it, these new cars that are coming that's going to drive us around you you're, you're going to need to know a little bit about technology to uh, figure those things out
2: yeah, i mean think about uber think about how uber was if i mean it's amazing you know just disrupting technology's great
1: yeah, and 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 again, you know, autonomous vehicles and, and autonomous flight is is going to happen in the next decade or so, and it's going to be a challenge, of course. But I think long term, with the safety that's going to be embedded in these items, safety is going to get better. Accidents are going to happen less because it's going to be programmed, and you're not going to be dealing with human error as much. Definitely, whoever's programming can make mistakes, and so there's going to be some of those things that happen. But overall. I think automation is going to bring the safety down and it's going to be through this technology that, that we need to, to adopt and we need to learn and we need to grow out of our comfort zones so we can support this, this new generation and generations to come.
2: Definitely agree with you.
1: Yeah. So I just love the idea that you, uh, you take and, and connect people that, you know, you're thinking of how, how, how can I help this person and you reach out, and, and have how do you keep all this organized, man? How do you know which, how this can help another connection?
2: Yeah, well, great question. Now I've got a great team behind me. When I started this in 2012, I mean, I just used a simple Microsoft Excel template. I mean, that's you got to type it in. You have five fields across. And, you know, now you can card scan and you can do different things. But I'm an Excel person. I'm a Word document person. And I check it, I check it regularly. I still use it Excel. I love it. I check it almost every week. Um, but logistically, right? For me, it's out of sight, out of mind. I have to see it written, I have to test it, and I have to also keep up with it. So every Monday, I just look at my my Excel and say, "Who have I not contacted? Hey, by the way, did you guys River Connect? You know, how's it going? Did you not follow up? You know?" And I and I, I you know I understand people are busy, right? But the problem is, is that just because you're busy one week doesn't mean you're busy the next week. So you've got to follow up, and sometimes people need that nudge. They said, "Hey, thanks for reminding me. I mean, I got to call this person because you said to call this person. I got to do it."
1: Yeah. And I I love the fact you're doing it with an Excel spreadsheet. I I thought you might be doing it with some kind of automation, but it's good to hear that you're just looking at your sheet and you're saying, okay, it's been a while since I've made contact with this person. Let me check back and see if these two have connected. So you're doing that accountability feature, which I think too often accountability is something that's missing in a lot of people's lives where, you know, Hey, I want to do something. And then three months later, three years later, it's still on their bucket list. They haven't done it or they haven't reached out and, and made this sell, made this call. People hate to pick up the phone and talk to people, but it's part of growing yourself and growing others is, is getting in contact and building these relationships with them. Absolutely. Well, Akesh, man, I, uh, I'd i love to hear any projects you got going on currently. We still got a little bit of time here, so tell us what you're working on that that's helping others.
2: Yeah, and I was going to tell you that you know one of the things I wrote an op-ed recently for the Tampa Business Journal is that. One of the things I I tell business owners, because you're talking about building success, is that part of building success is failing, right? So I failed a lot. I'm sure you failed a lot. And I think Steve Jobs failed a lot. And he did pretty well for himself, right? Um, A lot of leaders fail. My theory on this is that as I've had my business now for nine years, i met a lot of people that are on their first or second iteration of it. And it's so important to know that you got to be determined and continue on. And so if you don't know any questions, ask for help. So as far as what I'm working on, you know, I like to work with companies that need that help. They need to know three things. They need to know more people, which we know a lot of people, so we'll connect them. They need to raise their social media profile, which doesn't mean just content. I mean, just getting visible on different uh, platforms, which we can help them with because we have a strong platform following. And the last thing is just getting in the local media. I mean, writing a press release and getting in on channel, uh, local channels, uh, writing a press release, getting on the local radio, even getting on the newspaper either online or in person, or even on a blog or two. So we help with those three things, and we do that in a learn, connect, and grow model. So we do a six-month program where the first two months, they just learn all about the opportunities for networking and people with the thing you know. The next two months, we just connect them individually, one-on-one emails, one-on-one Zoom calls, one-on-one lunches if they're open to it. And then the last two months, we um, we, we offer social media, press, and all uh, all that extra work, worries to grow your business. And then every month, we have events and introductions that we go every month, no matter what. And I think what we're saying to you, Brian, and to any business owner out there is we're a complement to business development and sales teams and marketing directors and communications teams. Some people think we replace them, which we could, and we have for startups because they don't have the budget to hire those teams. But at our fixed cost, we're a fixed cost of $3,000 a month. You know, no matter if you're big, small, medium, for-profit, uh, not-for-profit, you know, large, all doesn't matter the size, we always charge $3,000 a month. So what that means is when we do a good job, and you, ch- you check our metrics because we have to give metrics every 30 days, and you say, "Wow, okay, this company is doing well because we got a deal that's worth more than what you're paying Elevate or Akash Patel." Okay, we should renew Akash's contract or Elevate's contract, and so that happens more times than not. And then again, we inundate people with introductions, so we're like a we're like what you call a, you know an overwhelming boot camp because we're connecting with so many people per month that you got to kind of take a step back. So then people will take a six month break they come back after six months. And so we've had iterations of clients that have stayed five years, six years. We have some clients that come back every six month on, six month off, six month on, six month off because the budget's in there. It's 18,000, right? So uh, long and short of it is, Brian, I'm working on focusing on how to hire good talent because we always want good talent at Elevating. We've got some great young leaders right now that I've, I've kind of moved around from different professions and different organizations. And then the other thing is, you got to find ways to give back. During a pandemic, these nonprofits are hurting, so we're helping. You know, I'm on the I'm on the, uh, the board of the Early Learning Coalition, like we talked about. I'm the chairman. I serve on the uh, small thing. It's, it's serve on the Super Bowl host committee for the for the Business Connect committee, and that Super Bowl is coming here February 7th. Uh, I'm on the board of Leadership Tampa Bay. I'm the secretary of that board, which is a regional leadership program. Next year, I'm going to go go. Uh, uh, well, I guess that's official right now. I'm on the advisory board for our tourism agency called Visit Tampa Bay. And, um, and I'm a board of fellow at the university of Tampa, again, another educational institute that's done so much for the community, but needs are guidance and help. So if I'm not working on customer business, I'm trying to help different organizations and those projects. I mean, between the super bowl and the university of Tampa and everything in between, they're extensive and it's, and it's so much fun when you give back your time that causes you believe in. It. And so again, if you're not involved in an organization, let me know, reach out to me on social media email me, connect with me on Twitter, whatever way, and I'll, I'll connect you to an organization that fits your needs.
1: What you've done in nine years and what you're doing is inspiring. The listeners didn't get to hear before we started recording, you said sleep is overrated. So I think you believe that, hearing everything you got going on. So it's just encouraging. I know you got a lot of a good team that's helping you there, and, and thanks for mentioning them while you were saying all those things. So how can the listeners get in contact with you? What's the best way for them to get in contact with you?
2: Yes, yeah, so our, our hashtag that we use is called Helping Our City. So our website is actually HelpingOurCity.com. So helpingourcity.com is our website. And our email address is info, INFO, at elevate, E L E V A T E, dash, INC.com. So it's info at elevate dash, INC.com. And then um, my Twitter handle is as simple as my last name, P A T E L T I M E S, Patel Times. And then on LinkedIn, you can follow Elevate Inc. Or you can follow uh, uh, follow uh, Akash Patel. And so logistically, I'm on all social media platforms at all times, including Instagram. We have Elevate Inc. on Instagram. I forgot that one. Elevate underscore INC. And so, you know, reach out, ask a question, ask for a time to have a call, ask for a time to have virtual coffee. I'm, I'm always of the impression, and I said this in my op-ed with the Tampa Bay Business Journal, but if you don't ask, you don't get. You've got to reach out and ask somebody for coffee or ask somebody for advice because they're not going to reach out to you. So you've got to put yourself forward and you've got to say the worst case that they can say to you, if you ask and you don't know them is no, or they're too busy and whatever, at least you try it.
1: Great advice. And uh, for the listeners, we'll put all that information in the show notes and uh, you'll be able to get a hold of a there. I want to thank you today for listening to the build your success podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you share this podcast with others. Let them listen and hear Akash's story and how he's helping Tampa Bay and surrounding communities and how he's helping some of these not-for-profits, you know, engage. And it's all about connections and relationships. That's something you hear on this podcast a lot. So we reinforce that today for you. Listen, remember to build yourself and then build others. Thank you.